Keys. And uh, Father, just uh, thank you for getting them all uh, back home safe. Praising the Lord also, Miss Barbara True is for her son Kyle. Finally got a place to live there in California, so we thank you for that. I uh, want to continue to remember Miss Rod. I'm sorry, Miss Rhonda Howe. Uh, Lord, she's been through quite a bit uh, these past uh, several weeks. Uh, with some major surgeries going on, Lord, but uh, you seem to be blessing there. But she's dealing with a lot of pain, so we just lift that up to you, Father. Pray that you be with uh, Brother Roger as well as he cares for her. Uh, Brother Kenny, just praying for uh, some doctor's appointments that he's got coming up. Hopefully they'll find out what's been uh, causing him not to feel well. Uh, Miss Vivian, uh, just uh, thanking you that uh, there might have been some type of scam going on there. And Father, you intervene, so we do thank you for that. Uh, Miss Danielle, thanking you again for all the moms and uh, her opportunity to uh, have time with family and uh, some visits and so forth. So we do thank you for that and just pray uh, that you'll continue to bless uh, there as well. Brother Bob, thanking you for uh, uh, his children being able to come, grandchildren. Uh, Father, spend some time with them, get some things done around the house. Just pray you'll continue to bless their visits and travel grace as well. Uh, Miss Sharon, again, thanking you for uh, being a mom and her family and your goodness. Uh, Miss Bonnie uh, would like to pray for uh, uh, just thanking you for her family, that is, and uh, Father, being able to spend some time with her daughter-in-law yesterday. And Father, just pray you'll continue to bless them. Good to have them here this morning. And uh, we do want to remember uh, the Linda Higgins family, Lord. Uh, she tragically killed there in a car accident a couple days ago in Texas. We just lift that family up to you, God, and pray that you'll bless and lead and guide there and comfort them in a way that only you can. And Miss Emma, wanting to pray for us all. And uh, again, it's good to have uh, uh, Miss Donna and Brother Larry back with us uh, this morning. Father, we just pray that you'll continue to bless them and help them. They've been through a great deal lately. So we lift them up to you and pray that you'll bless. And it's just good to have everybody here this morning. Thank you for your beautiful day. And uh, pray now, Lord, you'll bless the Sunday school lesson. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so hopefully you got a outline there. And uh, I don't have anything on up here, brother. So should I do anything or? Okay, so it'll. It'll pop up in a minute. All right. Well, we got something there. We'll get we'll get going here. Uh, but uh, tonight, or I'm sorry, this morning, we're looking at uh, the maniac of Gadara and some things that we can learn uh, from there. And uh, uh, let's see here. All right, I see it coming now. Uh, but uh, we've been uh, 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 looking at some stories, some happenings. That is. Now, when we say stories, we're not talking about fairy tales. We're talking about things that actually happen. Uh, that we glean uh, from the Bible. And uh, we have been uh, looking, we've been in the area of Galilee. Um, uh, there is Israel there, the wedge shape. I know we've seen this before, but the arrow is pointing at the Sea of Galilee. And this is the area that we're focusing in on today. We've actually focused in on this area a couple times. And there's a closer shot of the Sea of Galilee. Now, last week we were at the top there in Capernaum. And uh, uh, at that story, and today we're down where the arrow is right now, uh, there in the area of uh, Gadara. There was actually a town called Gadara. Not so sure that it's located now, but it's basically in that region. So now we're in the south part of the Sea uh, of Galilee. And so this is where this is all taking place. And um, this is kind of a significant thing. Um, those that... Uh, uh, 
kind of understand the Bible and the dividing up of the different tribes and the, how they inherited the land, uh, this area, again, uh, th to the south and to the east of the Sea of Galilee, it's uh, seen in the Bible, uh, Decapolis, uh, uh, Gadarenes, uh, which probably referring to the residents of Gadara, uh, uh, Gergesenes also, all that kind of that same area there. And uh, this was part of the inheritance. If you remember that this is east of the Jordan, if you remember there were three tribes uh, that uh, uh, wanted the have an inheritance uh, they asked Moses if they could have that inheritance Reuben Gad and then half the tribe of Manasseh uh, as well and so all that was east of Jordan and the part where Gadara and all these things are at is actually the part that Manasseh inherited um, and there's some great spiritual lessons there uh, that we could talk about as well I don't have time to get into all that but that kind of gives you a little bit of background um, on the area and so forth and uh, so we're looking at the maniac of Gadara, and uh, uh, Matthew actually records that there were actually, you can follow along there on your introduction there at your notes, Matthew actually records there were two possessed with demons, and uh, for reasons unknown, I know a lot of people try to explain it, but I don't really know how we could ever know, um, uh, the other accounts uh, only focus on the one. Um, I don't really know why. It could be that it just wasn't as remarkable. You know, uh, we just don't really know why they're not mentioned uh, in the other uh, Gospels, uh, only there uh, in the book of Matthew. Uh, but we, we learned that, uh, just a little more background, letter B there, when Jesus came into the area of the Gadarenes, uh, there was a man who had many demons. He arrives, comes to Jesus. Um, certainly he was a scary man. Uh, everyone had feared him, as we're going to learn. Uh, he lived in a graveyard. That is, he lived among the tombs. Uh, he didn't wear clothes, and he would cry uh, and, and cut himself. And, of course, we know that he was possessed uh, with, with many demons. And so when he met Jesus, the the demons inside of him uh, begged Jesus not to send them away into the country. Uh, but the demon, we learn also, calls himself Legion, uh, which uh, uh, certainly gives us an idea that there were many in there. A Roman Legion, I, hear, I read different things, but it could be from anywhere. Uh, Roman Legion could be anywhere from 3,000 to 6,000 people, most likely 6,000. And we do know that if you know the story, that at least 2,000 swine, that is 2,000 pigs, were possessed. And so this man certainly had you know, a couple thousand of, of, of demons uh, inside him. That's hard for us to grasp, but, but we know that to be true. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, Luke says that, that they uh, didn't want to go into the deep. And that's probably, we've talked a little bit about fallen angels and so forth, probably referring to the abyss where, where even right now there are other fallen angels uh, there in that, uh, in that terrible place. And so they didn't want to go there, and certainly that could be true. And so um, letter D there, we understand that demons are fallen angels, and, and they really want to inhabit uh, the body of people. Um, and, uh, but, but apparently even the body of, 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 of swine is, is better than nothing, I guess, better than uh, being sent away into the uh, abyss. Uh, although that didn't really work out well for him either, did it? Uh, and uh, and so so we're we're talking about uh, lost people, of course. Uh, this this man was lost at this point, and um, but we know letter E that that this man would be changed uh, after he met Jesus and he was saved. Amen. And that's really important to understand. 
And so we're going to see as well that demons and Satan himself certainly are subject to Christ. Uh, um, and certainly that's true. And I just want to say too, in case you're wondering, uh, Christians cannot be demon-possessed. Amen? Uh, it's impossible because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of us. Um, but uh, certainly we understand tonight or today that once we're saved, uh, just as this man did, we need to yield our lives to Christ. Amen? And, and we need to be changed. Uh, 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 you know, allow God to change us into what He wants us uh, to be. And in uh, James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee uh, from you. And of course, we're, that's not a talking about being possessed with the devil, but certainly as we'll learn here in a little bit, believers can be oppressed by the devil, uh, tempted by the devil uh, uh, as well. And so we're going to kind of uh, get into this uh, this morning and jump right in as we've been doing, break down the story. We'll be in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, I don't think I told you that. I'll give you a second to turn there. And you can follow along there with your notes or some fill in the blanks if you want to be a part of that uh, just to try to keep you uh, engaged. But uh, we'll get right into the story. And uh, we're going to back back up, actually read from Mark chapter 4, uh, first of all, and uh, uh, just kind of keeping up with some of the chronology here. Uh, sometime after the Sermon on the Mount there and the healing of the centurion servant, uh, Jesus and them get back into a boat uh, and, and uh, head uh, toward the country of the Gadarenes. We read about that in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 35. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him, uh, I'm sorry, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also other ship, other, also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they wake him. And say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And uh, he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And we're going to find out not only do the wind and the sea obey him, but uh, the devil and the demons also have to obey him as well. And uh, so uh, that gets us into uh, Mark chapter 5. And we see there that Jesus is met by a man with an unclean spirit. And it says, and, and so, you know, still really part of what we're reading uh, even in Mark chapter 4. It says, and they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit uh, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken pieces, neither could any man tame him. This was a very dangerous man. I mean, this would be like a, a grizzly bear, you know, uh, very dangerous to be around. Notice verse 5, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Uh, and again, you can uh, read the other uh, uh, Gospels that have this account as well to get a more fuller story, but we're just kind of sticking in Mark chapter 5 today for time's sake. And so we see several things here. We see the man was living in tombs. Uh, we see the man was uncontrollable. Uh, we see the man was unkind. Uh, we also see the man was fierce and cutting himself. 
the man was unclothed. Now, you know, I, I want to pause here for just a moment. You know, maybe not always to this severity, but we see a lot of these same things today, don't we? Don't we? You know, uh, you know, maybe not living in a graveyard, but people these days seem to be interested in some of the afterlife things, right? Reaching the dead, those types of things. He was uncontrollable. You know, that's certainly, there, there's no temperance among people anymore, right? Um, uh, certainly a lot of unkindness, fierce. You know, there's still people today that cut themselves for different reasons, uh, unclothed. I mean, by the way, what nakedness is, is in the Bible, you know, probably means a lot more than we realize today. You know, a lot of stuff that's worn even in church houses, God calls nakedness. And so I just want you to understand that, that this isn't just something for the first century church, right? You know, and so we need to be aware of some things here, okay? Uh, and I'm not saying because somebody maybe struggles in this area that they are demon-controlled, but I want you to understand we know where it comes from, right? Yeah, amen. And, and so we need to really pay attention to these things. Well, I just want you to understand that this isn't just something that happened in Jesus' day. These things are still going on today. Uh, and I, you know, I've said before, I believe that many of the so-called famous people, actors, musicians, I believe are demon-controlled. You know? And uh, so again, it's something that we need to be aware of uh, and to take uh, seriously as well. It's not something to, to play around with. Uh, and also the, the mystical type stuff that's out there as well is, is not good. And so we know that it has a, a, you know, it's a terrible place where all that stuff comes from. All right, so letter C, uh, we see there the possessed man ran to Jesus and worshipped him. I've always thought that was interesting. It says there in verse 6, But when he saw Jesus far off, he ran and worshipped him, cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And uh, so uh, certainly the, uh, the devils inside of him knew exactly who he was uh, and uh, noticed that they worshipped him. Again, this shows that you know, Jesus uh, is in control. And then Jesus commands the unclean spirit to come out of the man and ask him his name. And we get a little more detail. For he said unto him, that is Jesus said uh, uh, unto uh, the, the unclean spirit, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And uh, so we see there uh, on your outline, the unclean spirit called himself Legion. And uh, certainly uh, that would uh, refer to there were many devils in the man. You know, I don't really attempt to put a number on that. Um, but as I said, we do get an idea because later on we read there were 2,000 swine uh, that ran violently down into the hill. So I think we could have safely assume there were at least 2,000 of them. And uh, so, so again there we see that uh, this, uh, it wasn't just one devil or one unclean spirit, but that it was many uh, uh, as referred to there as indicated by the name Legion. And then we, has everybody got that down? Okay. All right. And then uh, letter E uh, the unclean spirit, and again, I put they uh, just to kind of you know, keep us on track here. They besought Jesus to send them into the swine. Swine are what we call today pigs, and Jesus allows the unclean spirits to do so. Read about that in verse 10, um, uh, 10 through 13, and uh, we've already, uh, uh, well, we'll read it again. He besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, those would be pigs, 
And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. In other words, he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. Uh, there they were about 2,000 and were choked um, in the sea. And so we see some things there that happened uh, to the swine. The swine again ran violently down the mountain into the sea, and the Bible says that they were drowned. Now, let's keep in mind here that these were, were Jews, and we know that certainly they, they had, had not ought to be doing this kind of stuff, right? I mean, that was certainly a pig was an unclean animal. But we see how far they had transgressed in the law, transgressed from getting away from what God had commanded them to do. And we have here, you know, a, a hog farm uh, in Israel. And in uh, uh, 2,000 swine, imagine the money there. You know, we kind of forget that. This was people's living, okay? So this was a pretty major thing that just happened. Um, and then uh, letter F, uh, certainly the incident is spread abroad by those that were feeding the swine. In other words, those that were taking care of them. Verse 14, and they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it, uh, what it was that was done. And uh, I'm sure there were some people that were pretty upset about all this, you know, especially those that were making a living from this, uh, and maybe even those whose swine were still alive. I'm sure they had some concerns as well, you know, as what was going on. Just making a little speculation there, but I, I believe we could safely uh, say that. And then so we carry on, letter G, letter G, there it is. All right. Uh, the people come back to find Jesus, and we read there in verse 15, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. Now notice he's different. Setting, he's clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. Isn't that silly? You know, uh, a great thing just happened, and instead of it getting a hold of their heart, they got scared. You know, and so these were people that had really gotten far from God really gotten far from God. And there's a whole lot that we could talk about here. Verse 16, And they that saw it told them how it befell to them that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. <laughs> you know, instead of going, wow, look, what, look, look at this possessed. Look, we, we know what he was. Now he's sitting in his right mind. He's clothed. You know, he's, he's, he's perfectly normal. But we don't like all that. Would you leave? Whew. Isn't that amazing? And then it says, uh, well, we'll stop right there. And so we see this man uh, that uh, he's found sitting at Jesus' feet. He's clothed, and, in his, and he is in his right mind. Uh, but sadly, there were uh, people were afraid, and they asked Jesus to part uh, out of their coast. You know, uh, you know it, it's a terrible thing, you know, that people... Uh, get upset when confronted in here. I mean, a living example of what God can do in your life, uh, but yet it just shows the hardness of people's hearts these days. You know, it's just, uh, you know, anything that gets out of their realm of reasoning and thinking, they just don't want anything to do with it, despite the obvious things that God is doing uh, in people's lives. And so I'll give you another second to there to jot all that stuff down, and then we'll We'll um, uh, jump in uh, to the last part, and then we'll take time for some comments and questions before we get into what we learn. All right, is everybody good there with the, with the fill-ins? All right, all right, let's do uh, letter H. The man requests to go with Jesus. So the man that's possessed wanted to go with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> you know, who wouldn't? Uh, look at verse 18. And when he was come into the ship, 
He that was possessed with the devil, that's Jesus came into the ship. He that was possessed with the devil, that's the maniac of Gadara, uh, prayed him that he might be with him. Wanted to go with him. And verse 19, it says, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith to him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee. You know, amen. You know, I, I know sometimes we don't like the world we live in, folks, you know. Uh, but this is, the, this is the society, this is the time period, this is the world in which God has called you to serve and to share the gospel with other people. Amen? And uh, so, so certainly it's something we can learn from there. Verse 20, And he departed, uh, that is the man, and began to publish in Decapolis uh, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. And uh, so certainly uh, some wonderful things there. Uh, Jesus told him to stay and to tell others, and that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? Uh, we're, to, we're to, right here in West Plains, we're to tell people about the Lord. Amen? Uh, the man did, did as Jesus instructed him to do and published it in Decap Decapolis. I think I'm saying that right. There in verse 20. And again, that's just simply sharing what, uh, what Christ has done. You know, one of the greatest things that you can do is just share your testimony with somebody, your salvation experience, what God uh, has done uh, for you. And so that's the story. That's kind of what we're looking at, and we'll get into what we learn, and we'll uh, go over some principles here in just a moment. But just wanted to take a time for maybe a question or a comment, you know, just to make sure we're all uh, understanding what's going on here. Anybody have any questions or comments? Okay. All right, Miss Danielle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I think what, you know, what he was saying there, Josiah was explaining, Josiah was explaining that uh, just like we see they, legions, now we're into this uh, gender neutrality stuff where they want to use the different pronouns, they, them, us, you know. And what he's saying is true. And I go back to what I was trying to really get you guys to understand that that a lot of the things that we're dealing with today, it comes from the devil, folks. <laughs> I mean, anybody that that feels that way, and it's not it's not a cultural thing. It's not just a social thing. It it is it is straight out of the pit of hell that these things are coming from. Amen. Uh, and it's certainly something that we need to uh, be aware of and to understand, Brother Bob. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah. 
Sure, yeah. And they respond in a, in a violent way, you know, uh, you know, maybe not physical, but certainly verbal. Oftentimes it turns into physical violence. So, so yeah, you know, uh, when people's hearts are hard, I tell you, it's, you know, I say it all the time, it doesn't get easier to get saved, it gets harder. It doesn't get easier to believe, it gets harder to believe. Uh, and so, so uh, certainly uh, some things there that we can glean from. All right, all right. Okay, well, let's look, we'll get into number two here, what we learn, and we've already mentioned this, certainly the devil, even the devil himself, uh, is certainly uh, uh, answerable to God, amen? There's no doubt about that. And then letter B, a lost person can be demon-possessed. Now, as we read there a while ago, uh, salvation through Christ casts out the devil, okay? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say every lost person has a devil in them, but they certainly could, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean that bad things, in other words, what society calls bad uh, or, or good, you know, really doesn't have any bearing on this. You know, there's probably a lot of nice people, smooth-talking people that are demon-possessed. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. It doesn't always come out, you know, in a, in a, a way that this is. But I, I want you to understand that uh, as soon as Christ, uh, uh, as soon as he was saved, that, that, uh, that, that happened. And again, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, okay? Now remember, we're talking about demons, we're talking about fallen angels, they're spirit beings, they can manifest themselves in certain ways, but certainly they can inhabit uh, the body uh, of people, and uh, that is lost people. And uh, so a lost person can be demon-possessed. Uh, we also learn there, letter C, the maniac of Gadara came to Christ and his whole life was changed. Uh, and again, I you know I, you know I say all the time that you know save people ought to there ought to be things in their life that save people do right <laughs> you know and and uh, I'm not sure about these folks who who make a profession of faith but nothing ever changes in their life I know we got to grow but his habits changed and we read about some of these uh, his worship changed um, his dress changed uh, his mind changed uh, his associations changed Amen. And uh, number six, his speech changed. You know, now just kind of think about some of the things that we're dealing with uh, uh, today. And, um, uh, well, I got a little ahead of myself here. And, um, uh, you know, again, we think about some of the things that we're, we're dealing with today. You know, uh, you know, just, you know, speech in general, you know, language, you know, all these types of things that we uh, see today. Certainly people have bad habits. They're not worshiping. Uh, the God of heaven, uh, certainly uh, our appearance, uh, modesty, separation, distinction between a man and a woman, all that is being attacked. Uh, certainly people aren't thinking right. Uh, associations, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about this on Wednesday nights for um, uh, our, our lesson going through the book of Proverbs. You know, it's, it matters who we're around, young or old, uh, certainly. Uh, so, so a lot of things there that we can see that are still going on today uh, that, uh, that we're dealing with. And, uh, but all these things changed. You know, notice that word changed after every one of those. <laughs> Amen? And uh, so it's important to understand. All right. Uh, then we get into principles to be applied. And uh, these are just simply listed on here. And uh, I put the scripture references there. I think we'll have time to, to look at those. And uh, so that, that concludes your uh, filling in the blank. But uh, uh, number one, uh, Satan's influence over the lost. Number one, he is their father. Um, 1338, Matthew 1338, uh, the field, this is the parable on the wheat and the tares. 
the wheat would be safe people, tares, uh, lost people. It says, the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. And certainly that's a reference uh, to the devil uh, himself. Um, you know, people that just say, I don't believe either way, they belong to the devil, even if they don't acknowledge him. By the way, the devil don't care if you acknowledge him or not. Just as long as you don't believe in God, that's all he cares about. Okay. All right, number two, he causes, again, let's talk about lost people. He causes them to turn aside. Paul would tell Timothy, for some are already turned aside after Satan. And certainly we see a lot of that going on today. Uh, number three, uh, he possesses them, and we have some examples here. Uh, Luke 22, 3, then entered Satan into Judas, that would be Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where in time past, Paul would say, talking to those that were saved, he says, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in, that word in, very important, in the children of disobedience. And uh, so he, uh, the devil, uh, devils even, certainly, uh, I, I believe it's probably more prevalent than we realize as far as demon possession goes. Number four, um, he blinds them. Uh, of course, we're talking about spiritual blindness. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, um, says, In whom the God, notice the little g, that would be the devil, of this world hath blinded the minds of them, which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God should shine unto them. That's what Brother Bob was just sharing with us a while ago. Um, a good verse to go along with that. Uh, number five, uh, he lies to them. Second Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Uh, here he's talking about the Antichrist with all power and signs and lying wonders. And uh, so uh, the devil lies to them. Uh, number six, uh, Satan will be eternally punished with them. In other words, that is those who die in their sin. We read about that in Matthew chapter 25, verse 41. It says, Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil uh, and his angels. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what Satan wants, you know. He... Uh, you know, he's the enemy of God. And uh, I believe he knows that his time is, you know, limited. He's, he's just got amount as much time as he can go. And, and the, the thing that hurts God the most is for lost people to die and go to hell. And that's, that's his full, you know, full focus, uh, which would include even those of us that are saved to make us ineffective to, so that we focus on ourselves instead of seeing other people saved so that we focused on our problems instead of focusing on what God wants to teach us through the Word of God and through church. You see what I'm saying? In other words, we could be a Christian just like you can be a soldier, but it don't mean you're a good soldier. And you could be a Christian, but it doesn't mean you're a good Christian. You understand? And uh, so, again, that's what the devil wants. Now, this all has to do with, with people dying and going to hell. And uh, that's his full, that's what he wants. He, he, he wants to devour lives, I tell you. Uh, Brother Bob, did you want to say something? Yes, ma'am. Uh, sure. Right. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, he, he hates us. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Amen. All right. So Satan's influence on the lost. And then finally, Satan's influence on the saved. 
And just several things here. Again, these are on your notes. Uh, he afflicts them. And we read about that uh, in the book uh, of Job. And, um, uh, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath in thy power, only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So it says there, And Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. And it gives us a little more detail on, on what Satan uh, did to him. And then in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 9, uh, Peter would say, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, talking about the devil, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So Satan, uh, his, his demons, that is. Now, Satan, always remember, Satan's not God. He can't be, he's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere at once. And he's not omniscient either. He, Satan, now he knows how we think, but he can't read your thoughts like God can. Okay, so he's, he's limited quite a bit in that way. Uh, and he can't be everywhere at once. You know, God is everywhere at once. God knows everything that's going on in everybody's minds right now. Satan doesn't know that. But Satan surely has his, his helpers as well. That is, fallen angels, demons, evil spirits, devils, those types of things. Um, and, and I believe there's probably some type of, of order there, too. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how all that works. Uh, but, uh, but certainly uh, what I'm saying is, is that although we can't be possessed, we can certainly be oppressed by, uh, by demons. We can be oppressed, again, uh, if you will, uh, by the devil. And uh, so I think that's something important to understand. Uh, still, uh, Satan's influence on the saved, he tempts them. Uh, Luke chapter uh, uh, 22, verse 31. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. It says, and this would be uh, when uh, uh, Peter made his declaration about how he would never forsake God, uh, that is Christ. And notice what Jesus said to him. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you uh, as wheat. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, Paul would, would uh, uh, warn the believers in Corinth, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So obviously he has ways of of trying to hurt and trip up uh, the believer. Uh, he seeks to devour them. Uh, this was just mentioned a while ago. Uh, again, 1 Peter, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And again, we're not talking about losing our salvation there, but you know, we can certainly make a shipwreck of our faith, can't we? You know, uh, and and uh, you know, there's a lot of good men and women that have been devoured by Satan. Now they'll make heaven their home, but they never uh, were able to accomplish what God would have them accomplish. And always remember this: that souls weigh in the balance of that, right? Always something to remember. Uh, he entraps them. First uh, Timothy three verse seven. Moreover, he must have a good report of them. Uh, which are without, lest he fall into reproach. And notice what it says, the snare of the devil. You know, there's all types of things that trip up uh, believers, especially in this day of technology. Amen. Amen. You know, it's not just uh, the pornography problem, but it's people talking to people they ought not be talking to. Right? It's also people getting upset over something and instantly blabbing it all over the Internet only later to regret it, right? That, that's, that's Satan. <laughs> that's Satan. not saying they're possessed by Satan, but they're being influenced, amen? And uh, so certainly something we need to uh, remember. Um, let's see here. Uh, did I read... Did I read 2 Timothy 2.26? And they that may recover themselves, again, out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So certainly, you know, uh, believers can, 
and being trapped by the devil. He deceives them just as he did to Eve. She was beguiled. Um, and that's explained in Genesis 3, 1, and also 1 Timothy uh, 2, 4 uh, as well. Um, of course, the, the main thrust of that is, you know, what's the main thrust of, of, of the devil wanting to deceive us? He wants us to doubt God's word. He wants us to doubt what God says. Uh, and uh, certainly he's a master uh, at that. Uh, number six, he accuses them. Uh, Revelations 12, now this is still future. Uh, so this is going on today, by the way. He says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and power of his Christ. And of course, this is talking, we're talking about the end times here. It hasn't happened yet, but notice what it says. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. We think of what Job, you know. And uh, so, hey, listen, the devil doesn't like you. <laughs> he likes to point out our mistakes. Uh, number seven uh, he hinders there, that is the believer's uh, work for God. Second Thess or, I'm sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once again, but Satan hindered us. And so certainly Satan can, can block us. He can cause problems, uh, those types of things. Now, it's always important to remember, folks, that even though Satan may be uh, oppressing us, afflicting us, and sometimes it's hard for us to tell. You know, because sometimes people say, why? You know, and I just don't know why. You know, but we do know that it can happen, right? You know, and so we need to be discerning about that. But I want you to understand, though, we go back to the beginning of this lesson. Uh, anything that does happen, God allows it, right? And so it's not that God isn't in control. It's not that God, that the devil uh, has this power over you and, and that there's no hope for you. That's, that's, not, that's what the devil would like for you to think. But that's, that's not the case, okay? But we do know that it happens, and a lot of it just happens to be with our lack of desire to draw nigh unto God. I mean, really, that's where it comes from. We, we don't automatically think with the Scriptures. We don't automatically yield to the Holy Spirit of God. We yield to the flesh. Oftentimes, we're making emotional and sentimental decisions instead of scriptural decisions, and the devil is right there, okay? Uh, and, and God will use him just as he used him on Peter to sift him. Uh, and so, again, the whys and hows and why he does it here and why God doesn't do it, I don't know. <laughs> but we just know all these things can happen. So we just want to stay close to God. Amen. All right. Got time for a question or so? All right, Brother Bob. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. 